lollipop. It's not just for suckers. On Amigos, everything Amiga. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're talking about lollipop. Yeah. Aaron, are you a big uh, are you a big sucker guy? Do you like a good lolly once in a while? Depends on who you ask. If I'm a sucker guy or not, <laughs> I've been suckered a few times. Boy, one huge time. That's a whole other story. What are you want? Uh, no, it's not. Let's talk about it. When was the What was the biggest time? No, you I'm ever not got suckered. <laughs> ask me another five years, boat, and I'll talk about it then. <laughs> no, but I do like a good lolly now and again. You know, I've always been a big fan. Back in when I was a kid, you get the old dumb dumbs. I don't know mm-hmm. if you, I get they the still bank. have those. Yeah, you know, I'm talking about the dumb dumbs. Bank, yeah. Oh yeah, the bank. They used to give those out. I forgot about that yeah. boat. And I particularly like the mystery dumb dumb mm-hmm. where they don't they just wrap it with say you don't know what it is. I always, you know, I, with them, I always got the mystery too, and it seemed like it was always good. My favorite flavor of dumb dumb is the peach. I like the peach flavored dumb dumb. I like the pineapple. Actually, it's quite mm, yeah, good. Yeah, it's got a time. And the root beer is good too. You know, do you ever get one of those big, huge suckers? The big, like, you know, like the Wizard of Oz, like yeah. ultra sucker. Those are those are tough to manage. I always end up just biting it. You know, you just got to get in there and bite it off. Yeah, the problem with those things too is like uh, sometimes you're eating them and like crap will get stuck on them. That's you know, true. Huge. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and also that can't be good for anyone to eat that much of whatever. <laughs> Like what is a lollipop? Just a bunch of sugar. They like. I think it's just. Yeah, I think it's just sugar okay. that they caramelize down into a solid form. So suckers are a lot like gum. It's like you 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 eat them, but like I don't know what how they work or where they come from. I'm not sure. I want to know. I hate gum. First of did all, did they have? Did they have suckers? Like when did the sucker come around? Have, have those been around since like the cowboy times? Well, I, I, or like you medieval know, like, times. I think, I think suckers had their root in rock candy. You know, when you go okay. to like yeah. Bob Evans or someplace, they're selling the rock candy on the stick. <laughs> yeah, do I they think, on that stick? Yeah, get your rock. That's, candy isn't up. that a sucker when they do yeah, that? That's one. what I'm saying. I think in cowboy times. Rock candy on a stick basically became a sucker. Then they figured out how to add more different kinds of flavors to it and make it yeah. different colors, and then boom, that's it. That's how it was do you made. Ever, do you ever get that rock candy? Yeah. You know, where they just break it up, and then they... Yeah. I mean, I like pretty much any sort of sucker-derived product. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. You know, um, as you, you know, know actually, I'm not a big sugar you, guy. What I don't like is um, the... Have you had those? They're like the original gourmet lollipops. They're they're almost like a cue ball in 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 circumference. Oh yeah, I don't like those because unlike your your big round uh, suckers, you can't bite those off, and you're stuck just holding this thing that's never going to wear down. It's like an everlasting gobstopper that you can't just stick in your mouth right away. It's funny that as I look over to the chat, there's a guy commenting called Jawbreaker. He's giving us his sucker interpretations. I like that. Find that amusing. Here's the thing about these suckers that I don't like. You ever get one of these things? But and you like open it up, you get a big lick on that thing. But it's not a sucker. It's like someone stuck a, a stick in a big uh, sweet tart. You know what I mean? The sweet tart ones. You know what I'm talking no, about? I, I didn't know there were sweet tart suckers. You know what a sweet tart is, right? I, I know that you don't like sweet tarts, but I am partial. I mean, they're to okay, them. but I mean, when I take a big lick of something, I don't want to. I want don't want it to be sour. You want, weird. You're, you're you're more of a sweet. What did you ever get into the warheads? All that sort of thing. I don't like like real hot stuff or real sour stuff. Okay, I guess I remember, I'm kind of lame. Probably if I could, my most desirable candy, my Grail candy, was this thing when <laughs> when I was in sixth grade. Uh, Terminator Two came out. Okay, yeah, oh, man, what a movie that was. Eh? Yeah, and Terminator Two stuff was everywhere. It was yeah. like Episode One levels of crap everywhere. Okay? Except way which, better than Episode One, which is one. hilarious because it's a, a definitely an adult movie that was heavily being marketed to kids. Yeah, but anyway, they had these things called T Two Sour Meltdowns. Okay, yeah, and they came in this dish, almost like a mint thing. But inside, there were these little spheres that were the size of Dippin' Dots. You ever get Dippin' Dots when you go to the mall? The, the boy gets them occasionally. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it with the Dippin' Dots. They were so sour, it felt like I, my, it was burning a hole in my tongue. It was that sour. And Is that I've never enjoyable seen be- for you? Well, it was. It's, it's, it's sort of like a hurt-so-good kind of feeling, you know? <laughs> you know, this is sort of... Um, 
a cliche, I guess now, but did you ever, my, my grandma used to go, I'd go to her house and she'd have one of these, uh, crystal dishes yeah. you know yeah and and you always hoped because it was candy in that sucker mm-hmm. and you hoped it was a good candy but often they'd have that ribbon candy in there you don't know, talk about the ribbon mm-hmm. candy and yeah. it'd been in there for so long that all the candy had become one giant like, blob of candy like and so you didn't even want it but you here you are trying to break a piece of ribbon candy off then it sucks when you My- eat it no good my favorite kind of candy that comes in the crystal dish is the uh, the strawberry. It's wrapped up to look like a strawberry. Oh with yeah, the green on the top. It's got I a little got strawberry at, jam in the middle. Yeah, I got those at work because those are those are a staple of the old Dollar Tree. Mm. You get a bag of those. Now it's a bucket a quarter or whatever. You mm. get a bag of those things. They're pretty good. It's almost like eating hard candy, but there's a little treat in there. That's right. That's you right. Know? Let's talk about lollipop, Aaron. There's a little treat in this one too, but. Lollipop boat. Had you heard of this yeah. one? Oh, I hadn't oh. either. I, I, I'm real surprised. I, I mean, we do this. How many long have we been doing this now? Going on nine, going into our ninth year mm-hmm. or whatever. And every time a game like this comes along, I'm like, how the heck did I never know about this game? And I mean, I never heard nothing about this game. I never saw me play it. You know, so I was surprised. Well, so, I think the fact that it did not get a release outside of its native country had something to do. Yeah, with it. I suppose. But then again, we're in a country where nothing got released, Harley. True. So we should, we should know something's going Non-factor. on. Non-factor. Don't let Doug hear you. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be, there'll be another hate video. So, Lollipop, uh, published in 95. I will say, this was not an original uh, an Ami- original Amiga game. This actually came out on, on DOS the year before, 94. Uh, developed by an outfit called Brain Bug. And really, this is all they did. They're credited with another game, but I'll explain why that's this game later on. Uh, this was copywritten, uh, or this was uh, p- uh, published by Rainbow Arts. Uh, you know them. We've covered a bunch of their stuff. Guyana Sisters, Muds, uh, Rock and Roll, Turrican, X Out going on. Uh, <clears throat> these guys, I think, were from Denmark, Boat. Now, get this. Okay. Uh, so... Uh, this was this whole game is based on a character uh, that was that uh, was made up by Oleg Morganson. I could get his name. He also was. I mean, these guys sort of like intertwined on what was going on in this game. He also helped with the map design. He was the project manager. This was coded by uh, Morton Mrup. The O has a little gimmick in it. Whatever that thing's called. Umlaut. Gra- graphics in this now uh, and the graphics in this are uh, I I would call uh, quite good. Yes, uh, Jacob Anderson. Uh, he uh, of Banshee fame. So if you okay. played Banshee, he also did the ever popular Bam Cover Girl Strip Poker. One of these days we'll get to that one, Bode. One day. Now, here's the big star. I mean, listen, the game's got good graphics, great graphics, but the king dong of this game, in my opinion, is the music in this. So the music was it's the music is listed as being performed by the Vibrants. Uh, which uh, which were uh, co- apparently compi- comprised of Tor- uh, Torben Hansen and Thomas Morganson, and perfor- the music was performed according to the documentation by Jesper Olsen. Oh, he's we've we've actually played a couple of his offerings, but he did those crazy train games we covered that uh, Gilcorn Expressin oh, and the Callus okay. Puffs Expressin, which as I recall, those had pretty good music too. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, so. You've got a couple players in this that were not like, these aren't just some schmucks, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, when this was released, Bode, this came on five big discs, brother, the big five. It's a lot uh, of discs. Now, luckily, by the time this came out in 95, where a lot, of, uh, some people at least had hard drives for their Amigas, this did have a hard drive installer, which I would recommend because that's a lot of discs to be swapping around, uh, Bode. So this comes up with a little tune. Uh, and you know some credits. It's nice. What did you, and you know the options for you. What'd you think of this? What was your initial impression when you popped this sucker in, boat? Oh God, it's another <laughs> Euro platform. <laughs> yeah, but the music didn't captivate you or anything when it came up. Rainbow. The, uh, well, I mean, you're asking me for my very first impressions. <laughs> But did you that think that it. when you saw the category for this week? No, what? no, I I gave it a fair shake. Yeah, you know, I, no, I mean, I I I didn't want to, I didn't want to 
make any uh, assumptions before I actually turned it on. But within the first five seconds, that was what I was thinking. So there's a couple things we need to get into before we talk about the game proper. Uh, as far as we can tell, and I think we're pretty safe when we say this, but this never had a... Not only did it not have a U.S. release, but I don't think it ever had a release in an English-speaking country. Because yeah, which is odd, because yeah. you, this is this is a game that does not exactly require any uh, cultural boundaries or anything. This is a pretty no. universal style. I can't think of any reason why they wouldn't want to release this outside of... Uh, where did you say this came out? Uh, well, I, I believe it was made in Denmark. I, mm-hmm. think, the, I think the documentation's... I believe it's German. It's like okay. I think it's what okay. I read. Um, it's funny because it, this could have literally been released in any country, uh, England, any English-speaking country, with no, with actually nothing done to it. It would have been right. fine because all right. the stuff in it's in English, and you would. And it's, it's not, you know, like boats. It's not that complicated. So, the plot of this game, as best I can make it out, using some uh, various sites to try to figure it out, Lolly. Is a is a doll, okay? Mm-hmm. So you're basically clockwork doll. A doll. Uh, it was animated by a stroke of lightning, right? That old shtick. Uh, the old Jason Voorhees and and Frankenstein's monster. She, I, I think she's animated by winding her up in the back. No, no. I'm just as verbatim that she was. She. This is how she became a person. She's a real oh, person. She's a she's a real person. She's okay. a real. She was a doll, boat, but now she's a real person. Yeah, oh. I think I've seen some celebrities that are like that. Okay. So, and so when you animate a, a, a non-living doll, what do they want? Mm-hmm. You know, Life. They don't, uh, no, that's not that's no that's for suckers. They want okay. candy as much candy. Oh. As, so I you know, now that I think about it, but I could have been hit by lightning. I could be a large dog. <laughs> I, me and Lolly have the same goals in life: eat as much candy as you can. <laughs> so. Her goal is to go through this entire game to get to the to the uh, can into basically candy land where she can just gorge herself on candy day and night. That's the goal mm-hmm. of the game. Okay. Right. Okay. Hey, I've heard worse goals. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, what she's gonna do is get through uh, many levels to get to this final area. Uh, this is a uh, this is a platform game platform. I guess we could call this a platform shooter because Lolly tosses lollipops, hither and yarn, uh, and uh, also can jump around. That's basically what you can do. Uh, when you go to the options screen for this game, it gives you the choice uh, about how many dollies, how many men you want to have. It gives you the option of. Um, which kind of joystick you want to use. You can also use the keyboard. So it gives you the choice. I wanted to ask you, since we're on the subject, did you notice any difference? (laughs) I went between the joystick option and they actually have an option for a Sega pad. And they actually used the word Sega pad. I played with both. Uh, On neither one was uh, a button available for jump. Did you notice any difference between the two? I had the exact same experience. I was baffled and... So basically, you're going up for jump unless you, you know, right. do some magical gimmick uh, in this. By the way, if there's a game around that you don't want up for jump on, this is the game. I would much rather mm-hmm. have had the button than up for jump, but uh, it is what it is. Another um, bafflingly stupid shortcoming of this game is the fact that you can have sound effects or music, but you can't have both. All right? This is 1995, boat. Okay, mm-hmm. 95. I'm going to become you for a minute. This is um, unforgivable, Boat, especially in a game that where the choice is so painful because I played the levels with the music and with the sound effects, and the sound effects are pretty good, but the music in this is off the freaking charts. It's off the charts, Boat. And so, but I'm the kind of guy that I prefer to have sound effects. You know what I mean? The fact that I've got to choose between the two... As usual, it angered me. So this has got all the trademarks of a game that we're going to instantly hate. It's got up for jump, and it's got sound or or music, and neat, but you can't have both. Am mm-hmm. I wrong here, Bode? And, and, and the, the shtick with the pad was also baffling. That also angered me, because here I am with the Genesis pad that I can't do nothing with. So I didn't get that. I will give them credit, though, that you can, that you can use a keyboard. Now, this game will let you take up to seven men, okay? Uh, the funny thing is, if you do that, 
Uh, once you get to level three, you can't go any further because it's well, like, yeah. No, no, no worries about that for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Dunk just mentioned something I wanted to bring, because I, I don't have an answer for this, okay? Uh, this game, if you look at the documentation, it mentions a, a two-meg AGA machine, okay, which I had, uh, and uh, I don't know what that does. Can you answer? Can you fill this in? Do you have any ideas on this one? No, I, I thought that I remembered seeing on Lemon that this was an OCS ECS game. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if the, the, the no, RAM it requirements. It uh, is, but... But it, apparently, maybe you get a boost if you've got AGA. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, to be honest with you. There were a couple things. Not having any sort of documentation in English didn't help me try to figure this game out. Because it, it is a platform shooter, but it's also uh, it's also got other elements in it that I was never quite sure about. And I'm still not sure about them. I'm hoping you know them. Um, so when you go through the game... The, you have these long, really long levels. Another one of the things that you love, Boat. Uh, you start off this game in like, a, in like basically like a toy shop uh, for all intents and purposes, and you make your way through it. And the game's got, uh, I think it's got, uh, I think if you count everything, it's got nine levels you can get through. Uh, there are a lot of levels that uh, and have bonus areas or like hidden areas. But I want to talk about. And I'm going to get your initial impressions if after you after I mention this. But the first level of this has you going through this toy area, and much like a lot of games we've played, uh, this game uh, is I thought was difficult, extremely difficult to get very far in. Uh, and on top of everything else, I thought the game was really, really a cheap game. It's got crap dropping everywhere and, and out of sequence stuff. It's just, it's difficult to even guide your chick through. There's droplets and fireballs and crap bouncing, and there's no there's no set pattern like you would find, like, say, a Konami game or something where there's, like, you could figure out the pattern. It's just you have to avoid this stuff. And I found it just right out of the gate. I found the game difficult, and I found the, the uh, stuff that you're tangling with, like, irritating in a non-fun way. What, what was your first thoughts, Bode? I think I, I disagree with you. Um, okay. I, I, I found I, nobody's going to mistake this game for Mega Man. Okay. Uh, it's not, it's, this is not a, like you said, it's not a Konami game. It's not a Capcom game. But for in most cases uh, that I found, you know, there there's a combination of semi random and not random events. Like, for example, in the toy shop level that we just saw, there are two balls that bounce forward. And they come at random times, but then there's two balls that bounce vertically. Your job is to go under those. So this is a game that you have to spend time. This is, it's a, it's almost like a, um, oh, what's this? It's, it's like a Rick Dangerous game disguised as a mascot platformer. Um, there are a lot of things that are, you, you have to discover by trial and error. Uh, there are a lot of blind jumps that you just have to figure out what's going on to get to them. But I didn't think I didn't run into anything. And I played through most of level two, I want to say. Um, and I didn't find anything that was incredibly cheap and unfair that I just really felt like the game was taking advantage of me. Uh, I was able to progress through this game at a pretty slow clip because of the way that these levels are designed. They actually kind of remind me in a lot of ways of Sonic levels. Uh, a lot of, you know, the, the big problem that I have with Sonic is you have this, this character who's designed <clears throat> to go fast and the level design is such that it slows you down at every conceivable opportunity. Uh, this is a game that is designed to be completed slowly. And it's a game that rewards exploration and requires exploration because to get through the end of these levels, you're not just getting to the end. And it's also not a uh, collect this many of a thing to get to the end as is so common in the Euro platformer. In this game, you're collecting pieces of a picture, uh, four pieces of a picture. Uh, and only then when you collect them and go to the end of the level where you can't scroll any further, will the boss appear and you can defeat the boss. Uh, the major problem that I have with this game is that those pieces of the picture are sometimes hidden in a way that makes you backtrack 
over and over again to get to the pieces that you need. And that even when you do backtrack, they're sometimes hidden. And it's, it, sometimes it can even be just like throwing a piece of candy into an open spot will trigger the treasure chest where the, the, the puzzle piece is. Um, I don't like that because I don't like to needlessly backtrack. Uh, again, it's, again, it's, 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 it, the game is not respecting your time. Um, but <laughs> apart from that, apart from the usual, like when you hit one of these treasure chests, <laughs> there's about 87 billion things that come out of it. And none of which mean anything. Well, some, some of which some things mean something. There are good power-ups. There are bad power-ups. You can power up your lolly. You can power up your jump. You can also get negative power-ups. There are power-ups that uh, the reverse your direction for a <laughs> yeah. time. Uh, what I think is interesting is that, and one thing that I really like about this game, is that they have a little info window uh, as part of the HUD that actually spells out what the thing is that you picked up. Man, I wish that was in every game. Because then you're like, okay, this is the thing that makes you go backwards. I want to avoid that in the future. This is the thing that powers up your thing. I really like the user interface in this game. Of course, it's it's your classic hero. You know, lower third of the screen is is totally taken up by the HUD. But it is everything that's there is for a purpose. Uh, you see the uh, you see how many lives you have, which is. Uh, the, uh, indicated by the number of clockwork um, keys, uh, you also have an energy meter, which is uh, signified by pieces of wrapped candy. Your score, you've got the current power of your lollipops. You've got your timer. There is a timer in this game that will run out. Um, the the film thing, I can't yeah. remember what the film that's, thing is. That's I don't what, know what I want to ask is. about. If you hit... If you hold both buttons, like, <clears throat> okay, so I use the Genesis controller, right? If you hold the, like, basically the entry button and the lolly button at the same time, the you'll take a picture, all right? I don't know what that does. Mm. I was never sure what it did, and I couldn't find anyone else talking about it. So maybe someone knows what it does, but I don't know what it does. Um, um The, uh, if I could continue with my... Yeah, go ahead. Critique. Um... One thing that I really, really love about this game is that when you spew lollies forth from your person, they go every which way, and you release just this torrential volley of suckers that just cover the earth. I love the sort volley. of I love the sort of over the top nature of the way that you're just casting these lollipops hither and yon, hitting whatever you please. Uh, in too many games, you've got a single uh, you've got a projectile that does not go directly forward. And you're forever trying to line yourself up so you can arc that projectile to hit an enemy. And, and it, it's very frustrating. I, there's a game called Magic Pockets. It's a, one of those Bitmap <laughs> Brothers quote-unquote classics that is infuriating to play because of that. Um, this game, you still have that law, you still have the arc projectile, but since you can you can you fire these things at such a rate of speed and in so many different angles and directions, you can basically just carpet bomb your your enemies into submission uh i thought that was really good other things that are really good about this game there's a huge variety of stages huge variety of enemy types all the enemy types are well animated like i said it's a colorful game this is just as colorful as oh remember that game that we played that where you're going behind the scenes and all the different movies oh yeah that what brent liked yeah i hated that, like game. that i'm pretty sure that was aga this game looks a billion times better than that. This game looks freaking amazing. Like, if you told me this was an AGA game, I would be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. The fact that this was possible on an OCS machine shows you, once again, how AGA was the biggest singular disappointment in computing history. I mean, talk about broken promises, disappointed dreams, and ultimately it's the thing that killed Commodore. No, so, but Premier, by the way, is the game. Duncan Premier, uh, thank you, Duncan. Premier, that's it. Um, this game does have checkpoints, but like you said, the stages are too long. This game would have served itself so much better had it had, again, we're in 1995. We're a full six years out from the Japanese release of Super Mario Brothers 3. You know, the, the overworld map with many stages that you travel to that's the way to go with a game like this. Because you've already set, you've already got it set up. You're here, 
Here's a bunch of stages that are that correspond with this particular environment. Here's an overworld map to show you how close you are to the end. That's all they'd have to do. I like the fact that the game offers you the ability to get more lives at the beginning, but it comes at a cost. I don't mind that. I don't mind not being able to see the whole game if I take the easy way out. At least I'm able to see some of the game, you know? Um, I think this is one of the better Euro platformers I've played. It's one I'd actually go back to and play again with save states, with infinite lives. Uh, but that's more than I can say for, for most of the entries in this genre. I think it takes all the boxes, and the only thing that holds it back is sort of the same niggling complaints that we have about this genre in general. Um, I agree with some of what you said. I mean, there's no doubt. It's a looker. It's got great sound. I mean, it's a shame again. Yeah, the music, I, I just want to say again, the music, top five. This beats any, yeah. if you have not played this game, just fire it up, fire up a, a Let's Play on YouTube and just listen to the music. It is gorgeous. It is fantastic. Yeah. You could tell the guys that put the music together, like there are tunes in this that remind me of like Donkey Kong Country. And mm -hmm. I say that yeah. cause, uh, with high praise. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because that, That's that a great got great music. There's a, there's a level in this. I think it's the ironic. I think it's the jungle level, uh, and I was like, man, that sounds like straight out of Donkey Kong Country. Uh, but uh, there, I mean, and the thing is, like, uh, the different levels have different themes. Like, there's a haunted house level. There's a level where you're in the mines. There's an ice level, and they do a good job. Not only do the various levels have themes, but occasionally when you go to the little like hidden areas, they have, have their a own theme track. too. It's yeah, amazing, I mean, and I so think the, that this may have something to do with the fact that this is a five-disc game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I didn't think about that, Bo, but you might be onto something. Uh, and this game does... You know, I, I really have a mixed feeling about this game. I think it's definitely one I would recommend to play, despite its many, many shortcomings. And that's the problem. It's got so many shortcomings that I can't be like... I can't go bananas over it. I can't get past the music thing. I can't get past... Uh, the uh, the fact that they that it's the levels are so long. I I, I again I, I know you had a different feeling, but I think there's just a lot of cheapness in this. Something else I want to mention. You mentioned it just briefly about blind jumps. The, I will say Lolly has the ability to pull down. If you pull down the joystick, she can duck and look, and that level will scroll slightly, which is nice. The problem with that is they use that a lot, and that really slows down the gameplay. Yeah. Like you said, this is this game is a real slog and you and the thing is i like to run through a game i don't like to like necessarily play the game like i'm playing lost vikings i want to go i want to go in there and go crazy and you, this is not that kind of game uh the lollies of, as a weapon are okay you get and you can get like a bunch of lollies they're okay you know they do a good job uh but none of the levels i i went through and tried every level uh because i i found a uh, way to go through it and, and try the levels and I mean, there are some good looking levels in here. There's some really awesome looking end bosses in this. Uh, each level has its own sort of unique look. It's got its own monsters. I mean, they put a lot of effort into this game, uh, you know, and, and which makes me sad that it didn't get more notice because, I mean, clearly we've played games that didn't have nearly this much effort put into them that are way, way more famous. Let's put it that way. So, I mean, this is definitely one to check out. The, it has hidden areas, it's got stuff. Like you mentioned with the puzzle, I don't like that. I hate that, too. I just want to go through a level. I don't want to have to hunt around. There's a ton of backtracking in this game, just like you said, Boat. And every once in a while, I just couldn't find a puzzle piece. I'd have to go figure, you know, look some stuff up, go to YouTube, try to figure out where the sucker's at. And unlike a lot of games we play, you can't just pop on YouTube for a second. Oh, there's where it's at. I mean, you have to sit and watch the play for a while, mm -hmm. you know, before it shows itself. So I spent a lot of time watching this game played, too. Um, but with all that said, um, amongst the platforming games we that we've played, this one, it you know, if you can get used to upper jump, it controls nicely. I mean, that's something else. I mean, this game has a lot of pinpoint jumping, uh, and uh, the timing on some of the stuff. You have to be really very good. I'm not sure some of it can you cannot take damage. They do have a hit point, you know, situation going, so you don't instantly die. That's also good. It's a mixed. This is the ultimate mixed bag uh, for me. Uh, it, this game. <clears throat> um, I should mention that uh, again. There was a DOS release. 
The DOS release looks pretty much just like this game, but has crappier sound. Although the sound is miles and leagues better than what you would have expected on most DOS games uh, back in the day. Because the same crew did it. And they also apparently had DOS music uh, demo experience so they could milk that sound on the Do on DOS for all it was worth, Boat. Um, I found out that you could actually, apparently, as of this year, this game is available in Steam, if that's your cup of tea. So you could also access it that way, uh, Boat. Uh, I uh, had a look. You know, I, it wasn't easy to find reviews, just but I did find some. Um, Lemon, the people in Lemon gave this a 7.49. Uh, Amiga Games gave it a 76. Amiga Joker gave it a 75. Uh, Playtime gave it a 68. Here's what I never heard of uh, called Top Secret. It gave it a 60, so I'm guessing it's a forward one. I would put this somewhere in the... You know, when you look at... We've played a lot of platformers, Boat. Uh, when you look at this game, if you look at this, like, from a distance, take all the foibles I don't like out of it and just boil it down. Um, you've got yourself... A pretty solid title here. I mean, I would say I would say this is an upper tier platformer, or at least mid upper tier, just on the basis of the music and the way it looks and the control, the the size of it. The other stuff, luckily, a lot of the stuff that's wrong, I don't like about it. You can get past now. I mean, sorta. You can just reprogram your joystick, emulate it. You've got save states anywhere you want. That makes the levels being so long not as irritating, you know. So there's some things you can do to get past that now. So if you were ever going to play a lollipop, this is probably the era to play it in, where so many advantages are obtained from playing an emulated version of this. Uh, did we? Uh, did we get any action on the old uh, Discord boaster? We did. We got quite a few reviews this week. Uh, Alien Breeder writes, Lollipop is a mixed bag, but that doesn't mean it's bad. It's a very good looking game, especially for an OCS ECS game. But this highlights why the Amiga game market died in the mid-90s. To have to choose between music and sound effects is just not good. Mm. And the issue is not that the Amiga can't do it, it's that the developers had to continue to create for the lowest common denominator. One meg in floppy drives, or two meg for AGA. While the PC market forced users to get hard drives, CDs, and more RAM, the Amiga market remained trapped with those limitations, and that, mean, that meant things like choosing between music and sound effects or limiting color depth to save resources. Because of this, we end up with a beautiful game that doesn't have sound and music. However, what it does have is pretty fun. Game plays well, even though I was terrible at it. It looks really good, and it is interesting. The levels are a bit hit or miss. Some levels look fantastic, and some look pretty good. Level 1 is moody, colorful, and has fun backgrounds and foregrounds. Others were not as well detailed or used massive amounts of dithering, which just looks messy. Some had backgrounds with cool animations, some should have, and didn't. Overall, though, I did have fun in the very short time I stayed alive, so I give it <laughs> 730 top bananas out of 1,000. And uh, <laughs> just to clarify, because uh, uh, somebody asked about the top <laughs> banana scale, the top banana scale, according to Alien Breeder, means the game is that many times better than Top Banana, since Top Banana is the absolute zero of the gaming world. That's so a good scale, Boat. Yeah, yeah. Pajaco6502 writes... I'd never heard of this before, and it looks and sounds fantastic, but sadly, the gameplay is, well, a Euro platformer. It's slow and plodding, but as an exploration game where damage is lurking with almost every step, slow is a good thing. But for me, there is too much backtracking, too many secret items, including hidden ones, to find some questionable sprite collision, especially on platform jumps. The game reuses sprites to behave differently, so the whole time you end up questioning the game and moving around quite slowly. But hiding pickups that hinder or hurt you in some way in with the stuff that you need is downright BS. Lollipop feels like a more polished version of Magic Pockets. Plus, to give it some extra credit, you can up the number of lives in the settings menu to 7, and I did enjoy some of the game once I got used to it. I reckon if a younger me had received an off-site backup of this, I would have stuck at it a bit longer. But then younger me had way more free time. I only managed to make it to level 2 this week. I initially reached the end of the first level, but nothing happened. And I slowly worked out I needed to collect picture pieces to summon the level boss. But again, this meant backtracking to find keys, puzzle pieces, etc. Take out the cheapness, 
fix the collision detection, I think you'd have a pretty solid game. 7 out of 10. TechMage writes, Our platformer published in 1995, it's late to that world. I had not heard of it before, but glad I had a chance to try it. The game is set in a dark and mysterious world, and the player controls a small clockwork girl named Lolly. The game is known for its impressive visuals, detailed physics engine, and challenging gameplay. The game's visuals are dark and atmospheric, but they're also very detailed. The backgrounds are full of intricate details, and the character animations are smooth and fluid. The game's physics engine is also impressive, creating an engaging effect, bringing the levels to life. The game's gameplay is challenging, but it's also fair. The level's well-designed, and the enemies are challenging, but not impossible to defeat. The game also features a variety of power-ups that can help the player progress. However, the game's difficulty can be a hindrance to its playability. Some of the levels are very difficult, and it can be easy to get stuck. The game also does not have a save feature, so players must start from the beginning if they die. Overall, Lollipop is a well-made platform game with impressive visuals and a challenging gameplay. However, the game's difficulty can be a hindrance to its playability. There you have it, Aaron. This week's Discord reviews. You know, they brought up a lot of good points here. We should probably mention a couple before we take it out. Uh, this game has the old password protection gimmick. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not not protection, but the skip level skip. Yeah, right which down is great. That's level. another great thing about this yeah. game. Well, I mean, at least there's something there. Right. Uh, the funny thing about that is there's a certain password if you type it in. Uh, you have access to a second game. I don't mm. know if you tried this thing. No. The second game, remember earlier when I mentioned that uh, one of the authors was credited uh, with a second game here, and the, the second game was actually in, oh, it was uh, the developer, Brainbug. They're credited with a game called Candy Hill. Mm-hmm. That's in this game. Uh, if you type in a certain password, you get access to basically like, think like the old Nintendo handheld games, you know, the famous ones. Picture like an LCD version where you are run uh, Lolly between four different stops where Lollies are kind of coming out of this like big pipe, these four mm-hmm. different nozzles. You have to catch them, and it's just basically a move back and forth. It's it's and it all it actually shows up on an actual like it's like someone's playing it. You see the guy's thumbs and stuff. So you're actually playing the guy's game that someone's holding. So you get to see the entire the entire uh, handheld. It's actually cute. I mean, there's not much to the game, but the fact that it's in there is nice, mm-hmm. you know. So I thought that was kind of that that was kind of cute uh, addition to it. Um, again, overall, it's definitely one you should try out. Oh, eBay! I did look this up. I found one copy. I mean, that none had been sold recently. I found someone in Germany selling a sealed copy of this boat. Mm. Uh, if you're interested, get the old checkbook out. This will cost you two thousand four hundred ninety-nine dollars or best offer, but hey So if anybody, if anybody <laughs> wants to make the just German an offer, this is one of those things. I think to myself, what if I offered a guy fifty bucks? You think he'd be down with that? <laughs> you know, has any Amiga game ever sold for twenty-four hundred dollars and ninety-nine bucks? Surely not. Doubtful. So, and this ain't going to be the one either. But overall, this is one that if you haven't heard of it, I definitely would dust it off and give her a shot. Are you a sketchy tech? Do you have the right tools for the job? Have there been incidents? Next time, don't try to fix it yourself. Send your broken Amiga to Retro Rewind. Get a full diagnostic, a reasonable estimate, and the peace of mind knowing that your machine is in the hands of real technicians with decades of experience and cutting edge repair equipment. Save 10% off your repair with the promo code AMIGOS10. Thank you to RetroRewind.ca for supporting this episode. We're in, boat. All right, Aaron. It's Amiga News time, and you know what that means. I know you've been aching to figure out the status of Tales of Gorlu 3, Aaron. I have. I'm here to tell you good news. It is now available. The third and final chapter is now available on itch.io. Uh, Tales of Gorlu, of course, a uh, this is a sort of Zelda-ish action role-playing game. Maybe something more akin to uh, Secret of Mana than The Legend of Zelda. Uh, this is, uh, I, I, you know... I have not tried this yet because it seems like it's been in de- it's been in beta form for forever. But I guess it is it is finally uh, ready to go. 
uh, looks like uh, there are different versions of this. You can get a version for the O20 or the O30. So if you have an accelerator or just faster Amiga, you can do that. Um, it says that... Um, oh, it, Neil writes on Indie Retro News. He says that... Uh, He's not sure when the game was first commercially available, but it is new to itch.io. You can buy this thing. It's a bargain. $5.55 uh, centimes, I think, is what they call the cents in uh, in euro. Uh, or maybe it's 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 like Deutschmarks or something. Are you making and, that up? Centimes? I never knew that. Uh, it's, you uh, could say anything to me. I'd buy it. I don't know. Anyway, it's cheap. Pick it up. Uh, it is. Uh, it looks cool. I like it, man. It looks, you know, this looks like your kind of game. Yeah. Like when I look at this, it, it screams like this is a boat game. You know what you're going to be doing? You're going to be cutting some of that high grass with your sword. I, well, I mean, I, I hate that. I hate it in <laughs> Zelda. But this, now listen, this could be, I mean, listen, there's three of them. You know it's going to be gold for that, if they made that many. So. That's true. That's true. And five uh, bucks. Take a chance. Hey, you never know. We may get, we may be, oh, they're taking, it looks like they're available for pre-order people. You get extra goodies. But you never know. We may cover this one of these days, but it might yeah. be on the list. So Yeah. All right, Aaron. Up next, we hit another arcade port. Well, it's not really arcade port. This is a console port. We don't get a lot of console ports to the Amiga. No. But, uh, you know, Niso Games is working to change that. Uh, their latest release is part of the Scorpion engine, and this is uh, Vigilante. This is a port not of the arcade version, but of the Sega Master System version. Uh, huh. Looks like that there is a uh, playable demo is coming soon. This is a preview available on YouTube right now on the Niso Games page. Very similar to like a Kung Fu Master type game. Did you play a lot of like Vigilante Master, back in the day? It looks like a Kung Fu Master got crossed with like Double Dragon or something. Yeah. This actually looks like the, what was that game that we both liked that was out recently? With, uh, that Devil's was Temple. Yeah, it's, it looks like like that. I never. I was going to ask you, was this out on the, on the NES? Did you play this on there? No, no. Vigilante did not appear. This was another, you know, a lot of times what would happen is Data East would snap these arcade titles up. Yeah. And uh, they, they wouldn't publish them on the NES because there were certain uh, limits that you could, you know, Data East as a publisher could only publish so many titles per year on the NES. But, of course, for the other consoles, there were no restrictions. So lots of these arcade titles didn't end up coming to the NES, but they came out for everything else, basically. This, this looks pretty good, uh, Boat. Uh, it says here they've got uh, they've made a lot of progress. I'm just looking at all the stuff that they've added to it, uh, powered by Erox Scorpion engine. So it, should, it might be a fun one, man. Hey, listen, I'm always for ports of stuff to get to try them out. So that that one, and it looks like my kind of game too, eh? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Aaron, next up we have now. This is something a little hardware news. So you get ready for uh -huh. me to talk about things that I know. I love. It. I can't about. wait. <laughs> this is the A. 13 i can't even say the name right the a314 okay this is an expansion for the amiga 500 this is an open source project All right. uh, that is uh it's an expansion for the amiga 500 that goes in the trap door okay you All attach right. a raspberry pi to this board and then the raspberry pi can communicate to the amiga through the shared memory okay now you may ask yourself what do i do with this thing yeah. Answer is well, you can do things like play uh, sound samples directly from the Pi into your Amiga. Okay, you yeah. can use a you can use the video player. Okay, remember how Edvin was showing off that uh, that ARG video on his Amiga, that yeah. sort of a thing, and uh -huh. a, and you can use the Ethernet port on the Pi to connect your Amiga to the to the to the internet. Does this kind of thing interest you at all, Aaron, or are you just are you lukewarm? Well, I be, I'm, no, it doesn't interest me at all. My, my days of hooking things up to other things and sticking them in a third thing are going to be the Vectrix. <laughs> it's going to be the next thing I do. I'm Again, you know, we're very fortunate, Boat, me and you. You don't even realize how fortunate we are. Because, number one, we just play games, right? Mm -hmm. And number two, we're too dumb to even consider fool with this crap. Like, someone could say, Boat, here's the thingy that fits into the trap. We're thinking, we could install it. Like that, we could get that far, but then when it was time to do stuff with it, we just sit there scratching our heads, like going like, "Ooh, we don't know, we don't know." Yeah, it so, looks like a lot of the functionality is only available through the Amiga shell. So yeah, and also it says that there's coming soon stuff. You know, in the future, maybe it'll mm -hmm. like 
do this or that. I mean, listen, I'm not downplaying this thing. I just don't know. Is this thing, can you buy this? or is it just No, you, make you can't buy it. You can only make it yourself. So I guess See, you've that's got us the, out you, there, too. You've <laughs> got the schematics here, the old Gerbers. Whenever people are talking about the Gerbers, Man. I just think about the baby food. That's right, uh, yeah. And uh, But anyway, you got the, you got your Gerbers. Send them over to PCBWay. Use promo code NEALRULES for that 10% off. Oh, so you could actually you could get some other geeks to print the board up for you. That's then. right. That's oh, right. That's not the worst idea. We're not doing that though. But good luck. Hey, I hope it works out. If someone out there in Amigos land gets this thing and plugs it in, does stuff with it, like drop us a note into the video. Let us know what you're doing or what it does. In fact, just tell me what it does. I'd be happy with just getting that. <laughs> and finally, Aaron, we got one more game story coming up. This is really, really impressive. This is a a, a port project of, of what it has to be a PC game. Uh, that is in alpha preview mode right now. A game called Robin Hood Legend of Sherwood. Okay. Right. Now get this. Robin Hood was a game released by Spellbound in 2002. Yeah. For Pentium PCs. Okay. So what they're doing is they're they're actually porting a newer version, which requires a gig a gigahertz Pentium PC. Uh, and so, but what they're doing is they're using the Apollo uh, uh, extra juice to power this thing. So, you know, people say, well, what are you doing with this Apollo? Well, let me run, you know, uh, bubble bobble fast. Well, the answer is no, but the Apollo will allow you to run ports of these PC games. <laughs> and if you look at this thing, I mean, this looks like a legit PC game from the early 2000s. Um, for better or worse, I guess. Uh, it's, it's got a very, it's like one of those D&D &D games, you know? It's kind of slow. I mean, real slow. Well, it's moving at eight frames. Per, it's an alpha preview. So yeah. Maybe I mean, yeah, there's more good. work to be done. But uh, listen, I think this is cool. This gives, there's a lot of uh, vampire-owning people out there that are just kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to say that they regret buying the vampire, but they just sort of, you know, well, they want more stuff to do with it. And so the, here you go. Bam. Stuff is happening for the vampire. So I want to make sure I got this right, Boat. This is coming out. And it's exclusively for people that had the vampire. Like you got to have there's, one. There's no way this will run on an Amiga without some sort of super acceleration. I see. Okay. Well. Okay. Well. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> I mean, I you know, I'm just saying, who? How many people in the world can play this? Like a hundred. You know, maybe if maybe let's say five hundred. You know, that's not that many people. I mean, that's a lot of work. That's what I call dedication. You know what I mean? It is. It's it's. You, I, it's you, like the people that make the stuff for the X Five Thousand or whatever. Well, it's kind of like know, the like, people that make the Vampire. You know, they if you if you're making the Vampire, then you're probably going to be making some games for it because you have that mindset. You want people to buy your thing. If you want people to buy your gimmick, why not create a game that only runs with your gimmick? You got a valid point there, Boat. You should be part of the. You should be like the spokesman for the Apollo Group. Yeah, like they don't. They you don't know anything it about it. Yeah. <laughs> but when people are like, when people are like, what about this crappy thing? You're like, no, everything's great, and here's why. And you're a sunny that's, guy. That's going to do it for the Amiga News this week, Aaron. What do we got on the old YouTube channels? Well, I, I'm actually. We're not gonna. We. I guess let's just talk about International Computer Club, uh, which was this past Saturday, boat. It was a happening boat as uh, the luminaries in uh, retro computing and, and vintage gaming gathered together last Saturday for a slim, trim, tight four hours and 15 minutes of joy, conversations, good times. They had a real good turnout boat, including yourself. Yes. Uh, who did a gimmick there uh, and uh, a lot of fun. And so that's available right now uh, up on the channel. And also, we did our first ARG Presents with the new set. Uh, so if you want to see what me and Brent's, uh, our new set in the arcade, when Boat gets back over to start doing Amigas locally, we'll be on that set too. That'll be a lot of fun. Boat's, I, it was a good, it was an amalgamation of Boat's concept with just some, you know, whatever we could throw together, I guess Boat would be the best way to put it. But I, we got a lot of good uh, happiness about it. Um I want to talk real quick, though, since this stuff just came in the mail today. You know, a, a couple of weeks ago, our good buddy Buck Owen sent me a TI-99 boat. Yes. Which what a gift. Nice. Yeah, it was. And so today, he sent me a couple extra things with TI. I just want to mention real quick. Uh, see this uh, orange thing here? For oh, it's at like a penny whistle. 
it's a it's a gimmick to put over the joystick adapter. It's a 3D printed deal, and mm. then he also put this the deal that goes over the keyboard, the TI, this like big thing. Here. Oh so, yeah, some yeah. additional TI stuff. But he also sent me some books, Moat. Now these are some crazy books, man. I've, these are real bizarre. This one here, the arcade video game encyclopedia, 1970-1976, Boat. Wow. This thing's a ring bound. I'm just gonna open it up and let you look what it looks like on the inside here. Look at that. Now that is cool because that's when the real wacky stuff was going down. 70 yeah. to 76. There were no that, rules. That's not all, Boat. That's not even close to being all. He also sent me He also sent me the arcade video game encyclopedia 1977 to 1979. Oh. Boat. Man. I'm gonna open this one up. Another ring bound on the inside full color. Like I don't know where these came from. I really don't know. I haven't just got oh. them in the mail. Well, back in the day, I used to see these things for sale, and it was basically yeah. a, a dude would make these, okay? Well, and he yeah. would go to and he would go to Kinko's, and he would run off, you know, fifty or a hundred copies, and then he would sell them. And they're super awesome because they never got wide distribution. But I guarantee you, there's stuff in there you can't find anywhere else. Well, get this one. It's the final thing he sent us was the Neo Geo SNK Encyclopedia boat. Look at these pictures in here. They got full color flyers, and then you've got pictures of all the uh, various games on Neo Geo, including cabinets, cabinet art, marquees, like lots of information in here. So, well, like, yeah, we solved these... the mystery. Buck Owens was the dude that uh, that printed those, and I forgot that he works at a print shop. It's well, a sort of, it's a, there, there, there's a certain percentage of people that are affiliated with this show that hovers around the seventy five percent mark that work at print shops. Yeah, and I. I if it, I used to do printing. I don't know if that counts. Uh, so I think pretty much, Boat, that's all we got. I, I do want to say upcoming, uh, just uh, just as an upcoming schedule, uh, we will be next month. It's October, Boat. I'll be cranking back up Conversations for the Dark Side. It won't die. I keep resurrecting it. Uh, and it'll be back next month. And also in November, we will have uh, wrestling. So that's pretty much the next couple big events for the channel, Boat. Love it, man. Love it. All right, Aaron, what do we got coming up next week on Amigos? Oh, yes, it's the King of Chicago. I forgot. There is another big event coming up. We might as well mention it now, Boat. Um, <coughs> we were contacted by a gentleman who actually commented on one of our videos, and it happens to be the fellow that did King of Chicago. So we're going to review King of Chicago next week. And then the week after, if everything goes right, we're going to do a live video set-down uh, interview with the guy. I believe his name is Doug Sharp. It's the guy who did this game, Boat. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get some the inside. He worked for CinemaWare and did this game. Or he's, he's agreed to talk to us. He's, he seems like a really nice fellow. And uh, uh, so that should be a lot of fun. I haven't played this one either, Boat. So uh, for CinemaWare games, I used to have played almost all of them. But next week, we'll be uh, getting into King of Chicago, Boat. Should be a lot Love of fun. It. Love it. All right, guys. Thanks, as always, for listening. Patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast if you want to support the show and join our Discord community. We will see you all next week for King of Chicago. And until then, adios. Made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Patreon supporters help choose the games we play, receive exclusive magnets, and get access to the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord server. Visit patreon.com slash amigospodcast if you'd like to support the show and join our community.